Golden Energy, thank you so much for bringing us all together and enjoying the great game of baseball as we head into the All-Star game and the All-Star break. Let us all bow our heads and thank you for baseball that matters. There you go. I like that we're praying after yelling McFarland. <laughs> That's part of the prayer coup. That's how every <laughs> how every church, every religion should be. I mean, I'm not Catholic, but I feel like after every confession, we should yell McFarland. I was Catholic, Irish Catholic. It was very quiet. That's very abnormal for me. Okay. Well, well, well no, they, they don't they don't say Amen anymore. It's just you finish your prayer, McFarland. McFarland. You have the communion. Well, not, you have the it. blood of Christ. You bless yourself, McFarland. Coop, Sammy, Gordo. Uh, our prayers weren't, weren't totally answered because I think we just watched the Home Run Derby, and I am still looking at the field. They're clearing the field. The, the T-Mobile sofas are still on the field, the pink and white sofas where they lounge, where evidently, according to Jonathan Papelbon, they were pounding Crown Royal back in the day. So, um, But our prayers weren't answered because – it was shaping up to be such an awesome final for the home run derby. I mean, for, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fix this thing to get Julio Rodriguez in the finals. You gotta fix this thing. To, I think they uh, fixed Adley it to Rush begin right with out. with that first round. 40, 40 something home runs. Forty one. Come on. Yeah, but it's, if they were if they were on. fixing it, they wouldn't have put Adley Rushman against Louis Robert Jr. Uh, I'm thinking they more so fixed the, the baseballs in this case. I think they wanted the hometown kid to just make it past the first round because everyone was struggling with that that right field or left field deck. And then uh, Julio was just like launching it up there. So, uh, oh, it was crazy. That was crazy. So, so what was your guys' take? What was your takeaway before we get to the All Star game, the Red Sox, whatever else you want to get to? But, uh, Sammy, what was your, what was your takeaway from the home run derby? Because I, I didn't listen. I didn't see the broadcast. I didn't listen to it, which is good because usually the announcers usually spoil it for me. Although I will say this, I was not a thrilled with the in-game announcer. Um, I forget. I'm going to mispronounce his name, the MLB Network guy. Um, just He's trying to get the crowd hyped up. I'm like, okay. And that's just me. Like, Berman, I, I never liked Berman's call of it. So I didn't see the You didn't game. like the back, back, back? I, you can't uh, hate on Berman, especially after the show that Perez just put on tonight. That was Yeah, that, that was my takeaway. Yeah, okay. He's so, a friend so of the podcast. Tell me. He's a friend of baseball. Yeah. boring, but that he was atrocious. It, it, was, it was pretty funny. Coop and I actually spoke about it really briefly. It happened at least, I would say, five times where Perez would say something, and then two seconds later, it would be proven incorrect. So he, he said... He says, uh, well, 95 mile an hour exit velocity is not going to get it done here. Next pitch, 95 mile well, an hour. What was cool? What do you say over. about the 2016 elections? Oh, yeah. It was, was just like tweet. every every single thing he would say, he just got absolutely wrong. Um, I think the best, this was, this was after I sent out that tweet, but it was uh, in the final round with Vladdy. He was just kind of like, yeah, the fatigue is going to start to hit uh, Vladimir right now. And then he just hit eight straight home runs. And it was yeah. just kind of, Perez just it, I think he noticed it too because like the crowd would start cheering and he would just go, listen to that, and just try and kill the conversation. Can, can I say this? It's there's some things that you just aren't trained for, yeah. right? So 
So like I know I had one time I had to do the parade thing where I was on Nesson and you have to for two hours have to comment on the parade. And like who who trains you how to comment on a, on a parade? Oh, look at that. They're having such a great time. The broadcasting and school of Ryan Seacrest. Exactly. I'm not equipped to do that. And I get a sense that probably what you guys are saying, same sort of deal here, right? I mean, it's just it's just counterintuitive. Uh, I don't know if I give them that much credit. There, it was just so many times. It was almost like a like a bit. It seemed almost like a bit where he would say something, and then the speed of which he would be proven wrong, or not proven wrong, but the speed of which the opposite would happen. It was it was pretty funny. I thought that was my that was probably my favorite part of the home run derby. On top of that, as well, the camera angles that they had. What was they tried to do like the split screen one shot on like like a mm. regular like TV broadcast of a baseball game center field like hovering over the pitcher's right hand shoulder. Uh, weird angle where you're just fixed on that the entire time and you're not really seeing the balls fly out. And then on the second box, they would sometimes have like the shot of the ball, but like because it's so rapid fire now and you can't wait for like it to be an out or a home run you're not really getting to see how far each ball is going. And it kind of takes away the like magnitude of some of these home runs. So how would you, let's go around. How would you grade this? How would you grade this, uh, this home run derby? Like a letter grade? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Letter grade. Cool. What do you got? Uh, I'll give it a B plus the tournament style helps it out over like past ones, but it didn't, didn't really do it too much for me. All right, Sammy, what do you got? Uh, C plus. Ooh. I didn't. I didn't love it. I thought. Uh, I don't know. I, I appreciate them changing up the rules. I know they changed it up a few years ago to what they have this year. I think the rules are better now, but it just feels like after the first round, it slows down so much. Especially when Julio got knocked out, it was kind of like, all right, that was that was the big guy we wanted. Everyone wanted to see Julio win. The hometown guy. He's so cool, but. You know, I mean, I like it more than the dunk contest. Yeah. All right, Gordo, what do you got? I I am such a sucker for the home run derby. I <laughs> I I look forward to the home run derby every year. I I give this one an A minus. I like it. And and granted, I like I I feel like I would say seventy five percent of the home run derbies in my life I would give an A. And the only reason I would give an A minus to this is that. Julio didn't make it to the finals. Adley puts up 27 homers, and do- we don't get to see him again. He switches to the right side. That was cool. But yeah, yeah, he switched to his right side, hits only home runs, and then that was the last we saw of him. And then, and then we didn't get to see Pete Alonso do what he does because Julio went absolutely nuts. Yeah, a minus. A- just it's impossible to disappoint me with the Derby, even with the old rules. I was such a fan. Like you I just the, love uh, watching these guys. The biggest, the biggest losers of the night are. Are anybody who bought tickets in right field? Yeah, that must be brutal. You're watching left field have the party of a lifetime, and you're kind of just watching. Yeah, well, that, well, that's where this press box is. It was up at right field, and I can tell you, nothing came close. I guess in Colorado they were peppered because you know you have more lefty hitters or whatever. So anyway, I will uh, I will give it a B. Um, I think that I give it a B because of the how it sort of fizzled at the end. And Arena, I, I give him a lot of credit. He was trying to revolutionize the art of home run derbies by basically seeing how quick he could swing a baseball bat from the rapid fire. 
which I thought was like an interesting strategy of, you know, you obviously, and I'm, I'm thinking, did he train this, this way? Did he like hit a tree as fast as he could? Boom, 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 boom. Because it was working. And then I think that caught up to him at the end. So all you kids who are getting in home run derbies, don't do what Randy Rosarena did. You'll wear down. But I think the biggest thing is it was so good so early on. The Rushman stuff, the Julio Rodriguez stuff, the the um, the Robert stuff, you know, like all that. It, it was it was so good, and it just sort of fizzled a little bit at the end. But I give it a solid B. Here's here's what made me put it at a B plus and a little bit higher is that uh, there was a lot of talk going on that there wasn't a lot of star power in this. I think a lot of people unfamiliar with like Adley, unfamiliar with Lou Bob. I. Gordo, I see you giving me the giving me that look. I I work with some people that maybe don't enjoy baseball as much as the next, pe- uh, you know, us. Um, so you hear that it, it doesn't have the star power besides Mookie Betts and the one guy that did. Is have that the star what they power. said today? Did they say that today? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the show. The it wasn't Gresham Fourier. It wasn't them. It was another show that I work on that might have mentioned it last week. Um, but. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree with you. I, I had a. They're all stars. Like every, yeah. every, every. Especially Lou Bob. Like when, when a certain host Ooh. got to his stats and was like, "Oh, maybe I should have taken that one back." But I, I digress. It was more of Mookie Betts was the star that showed up in this. He was the whole. Well, LeBron James has never done the dunk contest. I want to be able to say that I've done the home run derby, and the dude looked like he just did not care. Like. He also mentioned that his wife pushed him to do this, and it, he looked like a husband that was pushed by I honestly, his wife to do something. I'm going to be honest with you. I felt as as it became obvious after the first ten swings he made, he didn't care. This was a, this was a no. I don't know. I just think it was a bad idea. I think it was like you just I, you can say what he's how many. I mean, he has I think the highest slugging percentage in the National League. Obviously, he can hit a home run, but this thing's a little bit different. You gotta have a strong base. You gotta be Randy or Rosarena, just like taking hacks left and right. Yeah, or Adley so, in that case taking hacks left and right. Oh, I think I I, I want to see Adley kick go on. So that was how the hell did he hit twenty seven home runs in that round? Yeah. He yeah. was he was the he was the favorite or he was the the worst odds to win. He was plus I think two thousand at the start, and he puts up a twenty seven homer round. That As was a catcher. Uh, yeah, catcher, switch hitter, does it from both sides. Which, yeah, I mean, he didn't have to, he didn't have to catch the game. I mean, I don't know if you know that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I I don't know if we want to pause it from the home run derby talk real quick because we're talking about a catcher. Something else happened recently with the Red Sox with the catcher. I, Bradfoe, you were there for that. Do you want to talk about uh, the number one draft pick for the Red Sox? Oh, draft? Yeah, why not? You're out there living the the all-star weekend life to give us the well, deets. How is the, I, I tell, the draft? I tell you what. Okay. Let me power rank things for you. All right. Because people love the power rankings. If I had to power rank the thrills of all-star uh, festivities so far, it would be a, me getting lost on a scooter for 11 miles in two hours in Seattle. Not, that's not even a lie. You, I, I posted it 11 miles. I rode that scooter. Sounds like a good time. Sounds like Did you, you uh, got pay? caught up in a little Seattle, uh, no, no. you know, their own production. How much up did that cost? You, you had a good time on it. It cost uh, in the 40 something dollars. Oh, that's way better than I thought it would be. I thought you'd be at least in the. I mean, days. there was really no turning back. I mean, it's, I, 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 so yes. Yeah, so 
that would be number one. I get to see the great city in the area of Seattle on that. Um, I would say the draft, the home run derby, definitely up there. The media availability, Coop, you went through it last year. It was, it's just such a cluster, man. It's just, it, it, as you know, like the, the locker room will be better tomorrow. But it's just everybody is trying to jockey for the position. You can only get a couple questions in. And, and in this case, it was you had one Red Sox player who I had already talked to for 20 minutes two days before. So what am I going to ask him? All that was important was making sure that the book got on his podium. Great place. Um, great place. Very good setup. Yes. I, Why was I Joe Kelly training? I, I saw today, that tweet, Rob, and I was kind of like, I technically made it out to the All Star game this year again. Yes, you did. Right? Yes. Everyone was talking about that. Rob. They, yeah. Did you ask Michael Lorenzen what he thought of my uh, mock trade of sending him to the Red no. Sox? I did ask him why baseball wasn't boring. Ah, close. <laughs> it's kind of the same uh, question. Did he yes. say because you can get traded to the Red Sox at any given moment? Well, that was another thing. Deadline? So I was going through like the free agents to be. There's not a ton of those. Uh, Lorenzen. Um, who else? I mean, this is not a lot. Of, it's not. It's. It just. The whole thing wasn't. Didn't have as much juice because. I guess because, A, you don't feel only had one Red Sox player. Um, and then Mookie has been so – Mookie, by the way, so so into his podcast, kept dropping his podcast. Well, like he literally said this. He's, I said, well, what has changed since well, – how have you changed? He's like, well, I've changed a lot. Like I got a podcast now. I'm like – I wouldn't put that at the top of the list of things that changed for you. That is that – is a. Very, very clear. Someone on his PR team was like, hey, you have to push your podcast. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of podcasters talking to you. This is how you relate to them. And that's all he but, had on the but, top of his But here's, here's how he didn't relate. He said, so because I was asking, like, well, do, do you find it difficult? How is it different? It's like, well, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's he's like, it really isn't the same. My podcast is different. Like, oh, how so? It's like, well, my podcast is different because the I'm sitting down with them, so you have two people who understand the the life instead of a reporter asking an athlete. Like, the, so in other words, the reporter doesn't know what they're talking about asking the athlete instead of just two guys who are making multi-million dollar uh, lifestyles and just sitting down chopping it. I up. saw I saw the episode with him and Judge. It, it was trash. I'll say that. It, that's a that's a that's an argument from authority. I played baseball, therefore I know it better than you. Doesn't make any sense. Come well, on. Also, it's also like living this, you know, the celebrity lifestyle, the, the pressures that they're under. It doesn't make it. That's not what this is about. And I wasn't going to get into this conversation with them, but that's not what that's about. It's like the great thing, as we know about all podcasts, is that you, we can just have different people from different genres or different walks of life, and we can just talk. Everyone sit on the couch. That's the idea. It's not like letting somebody in the door like Mookie's insinuating. Hey, you know what? Do you have your uh, your American Express black card? You know, so like the whatever the, the rich people have. You know, and I'd also, argue, those- I'd also argue that somebody who didn't play Major League Baseball would probably have more interesting questions to ask to a player because we don't know, and we would know what other fans want to know. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's here. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I so anyway, 
So Mookie, he that the Boston thing is sort of like you know is. It gets further and further away. I thought JD he hates it too. Oh, I don't know yeah. about that because on his podcast that he loves to talk about, he said to Christian Yelich he's going to make a request for a um, time delay when he gets his first at bat back at Fenway. He Very, uh, he thinks he's going to get himself a nice long applause, which oh, he I, should. He will. It's because it's will. all going to be a whole bunch of the Pantone two eighty whatever number uh, is going to be there. It's just going to be Dodgers fans. No, Coop, come on. Really? This is Mookie Betts. Coop. It's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. How disconnected is it at this point? And, like, I would say, like, the fan base is about 50-50 split of, like, oh, he should have been here. Oh, whatever. He's gone But that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about, though, Coop. It's about this is a guy who was here for years. He won a World Series. He won an MVP. I understand that. I understand that for people like us. But if you listen to, like, any talk show, you listen – you read the Boston Globe while they still have their sports section – uh, you're gonna see that, like the whole Mookie Betts narrative, is now that he didn't want to be here. Like that—that's just how it is. Like I know that's not the, like the point of the conversation, and like that's not actually what happens. But I think that's just how people think of it now and are more ambivalent. Unless you're Bill Simmons and you're still reliving the trade for some reason because you think it's gotten worse somehow. Coop, I, I think you're right. It's, people are definitely split about the whole did he want to be here, did he not want to be here thing. But I think when he returns. When he makes that return to Fenway, I, I don't think that that's what's on people's minds. Like people are going to get emotional thinking about that 2018 team and his 2018 MVP season. They're going to think about that grand slam with X call. Like they're not going to be thinking about the exit. And even if they did think about the exit, he didn't. It's not like my, Manny's my favorite player of all time, but it wasn't like Manny where Manny kind of like shoved his way out and was like pretty disrespectful about it. Like Mookie. Mookie was class all the way to the end. And like anytime he was asked about it, you know, it was, I'm not, you know, I, I'm willing to discuss, like, I want to be a free agent. It's just going to be about the money. It's nothing against anybody. Like he never talked bad about Boston. And even after he left, he said, I think at last year's all-star game, that those were the best days of his life in Boston. So I I don't know. I think it's all love. I mean, the exit, you could say what you want, but I I think when he's back here, it's going to be a pretty unanimous applause and he's going to, he's going to get what he wants. So that's right. go, I don't go, get so, it. Why do, why do so, people harp on this? It, it, this was this was so long ago. People are still talking about. That's I, I my just, point. I don't think anyone cares. Guy, yeah, cheer for the guy. He won a World Series here. He won an MVP. He left. We we're never gonna know if he wanted to be here or not. You can say what you want. You point to whatever quote you're. You're never gonna actually know. So who cares? I don't understand why people harp on the trade. It's over. It's it's way old now. Like come on. I just don't agree. I don't. I don't even care to engage with people on the topic. I'm just like, oh yeah, he's gone. Great, cool. And that's Go what socks. I mean by like, but, that, I but think that's it's exactly like, it. Easy, like over exaggerating it on like the other side where it's kind of like, I think most people in Boston are just kind of like, yeah, we're, we've moved on at this point. Like I, like I, I will give Mookie Betts his applause. I will be happy he gets his time back at Fenway, but like. I don't know. It, it's yeah. It, just treat it like when now. when That's Brady it. when Brady came back with the Bucks. You cheered him when he's announced, and the game you starts. Him as soon as he had his first snap, like yeah, that exactly. is how it should be. I don't know if he's expecting that. I think he's expecting a little bit more roses at his feet. It would be hilarious. No, I don't. I don't think that's the case. Really? I don't think that's. Yeah. I mean, I go back to what I talked to him in Chicago last year, and I told you, too, like he was like super paranoid about how he was being viewed in Boston. And I like haven't even thought about it. I like I'm like, I think you're being viewed fine. So, but you know I, but yeah, so I just 
I think that I don't think he's super paranoid about it, but I think it's definitely on his mind. And I think he'll he will get a a big applause um, because he's going to be a Hall of Fame player and people appreciate him. They pre, as you said, they also won a World Series. He was part of that. Um, and you know, and the other guy obviously is JD Martinez. I, I think Mookie will get a bigger applause than JD Martinez just because just because JD is sort of like. Okay, yeah, J.D., you were a good player. We appreciate you, but we knew that you were going to leave. But will it be bigger than Joe Kelly's? That's the real question. Well, it depends on you mean, if he ever oh, actually he's pitching, if he what, he's pitching for the Dodgers <laughs> in August. Well, no, Joe Maybe. Kelly got his uh, back in 2019, correct? Yeah, well, Joe Kelly also got a standing O from, from the Los Angeles from Dodger Stadium when he returned. He's just a likeable well, guy month. everywhere he goes. Why was he? Tra- you didn't ask me quite. Why was he trending today? I, I just checked. I have no idea. It's baffling to me. Uh, Lucas Giolito got divorced or is getting divorced. I don't know if it's in relation. Oh, that was to so that. weird. Yeah, he announced his divorce in the middle of the yeah. home run derby. Also, he did. What? Yeah. Wait. On Instagram, it was like a black box with white text, Long. just saying like we decided to like amicably end our marriage. I tapped, and I'm, I'm watching like Julio Rodriguez hit bombs. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm not gonna read this. Like, he's yeah. the one that's married. To, uh, he was married to a reality TV star. No, that's oh, was Co- he? That was Is that Kopech? Yeah. Okay. That always works. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Mookie talked. Uh, JD Martinez, I thought was more interesting. Probably of the of the guys that I did talk to, he was the most interesting. Talking about his um, departure, how basically he said to the Red Sox, he had heard that the Red Sox were wanting to sign Turner. So the Red Sox had kept saying, like showing some interest. So he said, "Hey, how about that interest?" And they're like, "Wait, wait, wait!" Silence, silence, silence. And he knew right there. They were prioritizing Turner, and so he's like, well, I'm not going to wait around, so he signs a deal with the Dodgers. Um, and it, it was a pretty interesting stuff about, like, how he changed his swing, like how he had uh, had op- opened up his chest, like, because he kept trying to hit the ball the other way all the time, and how, like, he had never done that, and that's why he had no power. Anyway, whatever he's doing, he's doing fine. So there you go. Uh, I just like looked into it. Joe long. Kelly was trending because his fight uh, got picked up again. Um, mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there Evergreen. Also, huge, huge poop. I don't know what it was, but I every once in a while I do like to peruse the Amazon rankings, and today was out of nowhere. I think it was number two in baseball books. So yeah. yeah. Well, I, thank you, thank Good you, for the Barstool, for the brand. whoever put the fight out there. Um, anyway, uh, so did that, went around talking to people, asked the question. My stock question was, um, was uh, and Jordan Leandre had put this on Twitter. We had asked people, say, hey, if you have a good question, ask. And that was, um, uh, what was the moment where you realized that you sort of had, like, become a thing? And I, like, for instance, Zach Gallon, I asked that of Zach Gallon. And he, um, um, a, few, a month ago or whatever it was, and he said when he found out Kevin Durant played him on MLB The Show. <laughs> so I, I like those answers, right? That's good, answers. good stuff. Like Devin Williams, I tweeted out, he's like, when I saw my face in a bus two weeks ago, you know, that sort of stuff. Kevin, so anyway. Kevin Durant, by the way, watching the Home Run Derby tonight, tweeting out uh, Julio Rodriguez is insane. Yeah. Oh, big fan of, well, big fan of ball, KD. 
Can we, can we be real about the home run derby? Julio won the night. The winner of the night never wins the derby. Exactly. Like remember, remember a few years ago, Hamilton. Vlad hit Josh set Hamilton. the record. Josh, Josh Hamilton, Hamilton. He won that home run derby, even though Justin Morneau won the home run derby. I'll give you the ultimate. 1999, before you guys were born. Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire didn't win it. Yeah, yeah, but Ken Griffey Jr. won, so that's still pretty sweet. You know, but you know who was in the finals against Ken Griffey Jr.? Was it Sosa? Jeremy Burnett's. Yeah, oh, yeah. underrated. I loved his his hand that he did when he swung. Ooh. Wait, hold on. That you guys are gonna love this. That's not the first time today that Jeremy Burnett's has come up in conversation for me. I'm not surprised. Within the last two hours, he came up in conversation. I can't. He hit the first home run in some ballpark's history, but I can't remember which one it is Rockies. right now. It might, yeah, it probably might be Coors Field. Hey, Rob, how how old do you think I am? I don't 1999. Know. I lose track, man. I don't know. I, Sammy, well, what are you? 29? No, you were born in 1994, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know that because you're whatever, either your Twitter account or your email account or, or your bank or your bank account. We're just boxing Sammy right now. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, you asked about the draft. The draft was like good effort, nice try, good effort, nice try. To, 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 it was like it was such like <laughs> the epitome of a poor man's NFL draft. Everything about it, including, by the way, you're in an NFL stadium. And so everything, so you have the crowd, good. You have a crowd where a couple of years ago you were just in a studio. You have a crowd. You have the fans in front where you get all riled up. You're sort of booing the commissioner as he comes out. You have some players come out. But even like they had, what, like seven players? And one, one of the players... I, I don't even think has been drafted yet. <laughs> the kids who were there. Oh man, that's what? so, that's who, who so major league like, um, baseball. Of the course, the Kentucky course. quarterback this year that like just sat around for like round after round. Oh, oh yeah, but this was like, see, that's an extreme with the NFL. This was like the first guy who was there, who was drafted was was, was like in the teens. So um, actually, I take that back. It was. Um, it was Wilson. It was the kid, um, the former infielder, Jack the Wilson. Oakland kid? Jack, yeah, the Oakland yeah. kid. He's so, Jack Wilson's kid? He's Jack Wilson's kid. Huh. Yeah. The, um, but uh, good for the Red Sox. They got a catcher. Super. There you go. I, I mean, Will he I'm actually sorry. stay a catcher? We shall see. I, he played outfield a little bit, I understand. At Second UVA. base. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they seem to think he can play like anywhere. I, they said he, they think he can stick. I don't they know. Did. They did. They always I, say I, that. Looking at the list of the top 10 or the ten, first 10 picks, crap load of college kids. That's my takeaway. I think all but two were college kids. Try so, and get them already developed shout this out. time around. They're all... Shout out Nazan Zanatello, newest, newest Twitter follower Ooh. of Boston Sports Gordo. Oh, really? Shout out. Well, Best I, pick I, in the draft right there. I And he also has a, a T-shirt. Oh, yeah, is he? He's, he's in the gang. He's in the oh, gang. he is in the double gang. shout out. Yeah, he um, he so he was one of the kids who was here. I had left the draft because I'm like, I, I can't wait around. There's like nobody. There's nobody being carted out here, and so I left. And sure enough, Red Sox guy was one of the ones. But he was here, so they set up the table um on the side for these kids, and then they let him watch the uh, batting practice for home run derby. Outside the ropes. Oh, how so, good of them. Yeah. All Welcome right. Welcome to the um, 
All right, so let's let's skip it down to brass tacks. Don't have a lot of time here. They're gonna kick me out. Um, I'll go start with you, Coop. What's your vibe about the Red Sox now? What is just your overall like? It, here it is. This is what I think. Maybe this is what I changed about the Red Sox. How I think about them. This is why what I think they're gonna do. What's your vibe? You feel good? I feel good. I'm. I still feel confused. The. Uh, they beat the team that they finally should beat. Like this entire season, it's been they've been playing to their competition, and I think this last series heading into the All Star break, they finally look like a team that can play competition above their punching class, but also can easily take care of teams that are well below their class, like the Oakland Athletics. They now leave the All Star break, and I think this is going to be the true test of can they continue to beat the teams they have to beat and then be competitive against the teams that, you know, like the the Rays, the Rangers, like those teams that they should be competitive against, and that should be an indicator of where they should be at the deadline. So if they come out of this all-star break, they beat up on Chicago Cubs, they beat up on o- Oakland again, and they can come away with a very nice winning record from those. Yeah, like I, if they have a – if they are in possession of a wild-card spot – by the end of this road series, then yeah, I, I want Heim to start buying. Like not to the point where you're selling off prospects that you're really going to need next year, but getting to the point where we can fill out that starting rotation if Chris Sale doesn't pan out or anyone else right now with the starters doesn't really get healthy soon. So, all right. So before I go to the next guy, Sammy, um, I will say this. Has it been surfaced at all that – they are almost in the exact same spot they were last All-Star break. Exactly. Two games out. Two games out. They're what? They're four over 500. They were three over 500. Now, I get it. It's a little bit different because you were really, instead of like on the verge of getting guys back, you were losing guys. But still, and it was it's, it's pretty amazing that you're sitting at the same exact spot so um i feel yeah. more optimistic right now than i oh did i think everybody i think a lot of that has cool. to do with the fact that chris sale got a line drive to his finger right before the all-star break but i am feeling a lot more optimistic this year than i was last year and those yeah. two games those two games heading into the break last year i think they lost by a combined like 22 runs right. like, yeah, it's a completely yeah. different momentum yeah so my, my response right, is going to be that they're only in the same spot as last year on paper. It doesn't feel anything like last year. It's the complete reverse, uh, like you already alluded to, Rob. They got guys coming back. They got a cushy schedule right when they start the second half. I'm a little bit nervous for myself because I'm riding so high right now. I don't think I've been this high on the team all year. And I know it was the A's, but before that you had Texas and before that you had Toronto. And we've spoken a million times, Coop just mentioned it, about how they aren't beating those teams they need to beat. They finally did it. So... Man, I feel good, but I just cannot get off what has happened to Jaron Duran. He is a man possessed. My God, every time he comes up to bat, something cool happens. Like he did, when he hit that ball down to right field, everyone knew it was a triple, cool. and everyone went nuts for the like. Gordo. He flies. He is Gordo. the most cartoon Gordo. run in the world for being as fast as he is as well. I don't know if you've ever watched him pump his arm coming around second, but he just looks like he's a Looney Tune character. Gordo, if if it was two weeks, if you had two more weeks, two more weeks, I'd be there right next to you, Rob. You, I'd be you know right where, there with you. You know where you'd be sitting. You'd be sitting right here. That would be 
That would be your empty piece of pie right there. There you go. Oh. I, I, Rob, I, I would have left you. I'd, I would have been standing around in, in left field that whole time. I've been catching. I'd be. I'd be catching Vlad bombs. I wouldn't be like that kid taking it off the head. I'd be. I'd be. I'd have like three or four in my pocket. Be ready to come back to the ballpark tomorrow. It'd be a good well, time. Just two weeks earlier. That's all we needed. Well, there you go. Well, if you only pick Kenley. Uh, so, all next right. Year, so, next year. So, so Cora, what do you think? So it's weird. It's weird because I'm trying. I'm really trying not to let myself get hurt again with the, with these guys but it's hard to ignore the fact that right now they're five games above 500 they're two out of a wild card and they're going to exit the break play the cubs which are winner winnable games in their own right then you add the fact that you've got the red sox actually using starting pitchers in those games then you're going to go to oakland and play the athletics so yeah you might have a bullpen game or two mixed in there but those are still winnable games if you take care of business in those spots not only are you getting guys back really soon after that, but you're going to be right up against the deadline. You're, like you're going to you're going to have made Heimblum in the front office click the buy button. Like they'll have no choice. If you take care of business in those six games, they will not only be getting reinforcements from the outside, they'll be getting reinforcements from the inside. And we haven't seen what this team is when they're fully healthy and when they're boosted and potentially when you know, the board has been shuffled. Maybe maybe one of the middle infielders, Kike Hernandez, is gone. Maybe Adam Duvall has a new home. Like, we'll see. There's a lot of reshuffling that could happen, and this team is going to force the hand if they could just take care of business in a couple of these easy series. And by the way, you got seven games against the Royals, and I believe you're playing Washington after the deadline. So those are 10 extremely winnable games that you still have left. And I believe the Yankees and Baltimore have already played those matchups. I might be wrong about Baltimore, but I know the Yankees have already used up all their Oakland games. So I, I see. I feel too good about the team right now, and I know it's foolish, but I can't help it. I'm I'm just trying. Not it's hard. To, I'm trying not to set an expectation. Just enjoying them playing well. Mostly Jaron Duran. I don't think I've ever been more wrong in my life, and I'm so happy about it. So I think we should all just try to enjoy it and pray they make the playoffs. That'd be awesome. Wow, a circle of life. It all comes back to the prayer, doesn't it? The McFarland prayer. Oh, the McFarland prayer. Yeah, they need that energy, and now they got it. Nobody's oh, McFarland. McFarland like Duran is. <laughs> Duran sleeps in their headquarters. The, I, I, so I think that the Oakland series is bizarrely a big series, and here's the reason why. Not uh, You know, you, you better beat them. It was more because they knew – that they hadn't been taking care of business against teams under 500. I mean, they still, I think, are a game under, uh, like, there's like 17 and 18 against teams under 500 or something like that. And so they knew. I remember Kenley said this to me, like, I think it was on Friday when I sat down with them. He, he's like, we got we to gotta come out and we got to hit them in the face. We got to hit them in the got to show these teams what's what. And – it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to do it. So if they don't take care of business against Oakland, you can mention the Nationals, you can mention the A's, you can mention the Cubs, all these teams. But it doesn't matter unless you beat them. And that was a sign that maybe they, they got their shit together and actually will beat these teams that they're supposed to beat. So, so, there so you they, go. they do think about that stuff, Rob? Like they realize that they've been beating the good go teams? Go listen to Kenley, man. Like he, he was like, he was just, he was flat out like, 
we we beat the good teams, but we get. And I thought the way that he put it was a, a great way to put it, which was that we have to go out, and I'm paraphrasing, but we have to go out and show these teams like who's the better team. We have yeah. to show these teams like there's a reason why you're bad and we're good. And um, instead of sort of just being passive across the board. So, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, that's that's – I don't know for a fact that they had a team meeting that day. But I do do know that like they were going around and rounding people up, and next thing you know, the clubhouse was completely empty. So um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was sort of the message. So here's a question: as you know, our our whole mo is moving people around in roster transactions for who says no. Rob, who do you think is indispensable? Like we look at like the Christian Vasquez thing last year. Who is indispensable in this clubhouse right now? That and not to say Christian Vasquez was indispensable, but who, who they shouldn't trade. Yeah, is there anyone that Are you talking like, about like from a leadership perspective? Or uh, exactly, because no, I, I think there's I think there's you rumors can't, of shakeups that you, are going to be coming. Nah, nah, you can't. And I, I, I almost guarantee you, like I think that like Heim knows this. You can't trade Kenley. You can't trade Turner. You can't trade either one of those guys. You just can't. And I think he, because I've talked to him before about this about how they, I haven't seen two guys come in and just definitively taking their leadership roles after not being there and just coming in and, and being the guy. And maybe it's a byproduct of not having another guy. This isn't, you know, one of the biggest... So you're saying no like, one else had a resume in that clubhouse? No. Well, well forget about TK's <laughs> resume. I thought, like, you know, Cora saying early on, this is Devers' team, like... No, it isn't. Not really. No. I mean, I guess it's it, it it is in terms of production, but you know, it, it that's just not his personality, and that's where I think Turner comes in. And Turner has just been like he just knows how to. Uh, and, and and Cora said this to me about how you know the whole thing about Turner sitting next to Cora all the time, and he said Cora said I've never done this with another player where I know this guy can be a good manager. So I talked to him about managing things and yeah, well, it's also, it's also pretty telling, I think. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I I don't, I don't think that those guys would be, I don't think that they would be gone. And if they did, it'd be, I think it'd be a bad move. There's plenty of examples of it, of, of, when you make that move because you get a guy with better spin rate and take out the leader where it goes down the tubes. It, it's I mean, kinda, I, it's kind of ironic a team like the Red Sox that hired someone like Heim Bloom, who's so analytics focused, the guy that kind of, you know, little dramatic saves the day. The two guys, Turner and Jansen are great vibe guys. It's kind of, it, it, it's funny. All the numbers can tell you so well, much. I think, I think that one of the things is in, you know, I don't think he knew, certainly with Kenley, and he said this to me. I mean, he said, I didn't realize it was to that level of like the, that what, because we, there's, everyone knows the stories now of Kenley after, you know, whether it was Zach Kelly early on, Caleb Bort, like he takes these guys, Bernadito. like, and he's like, okay, here you go. Yeah. And so, you know, I saw, I think, I think that, like, I think that Heim has come to appreciate that a whole lot more. Um, and, and let's be honest, like we talk about JD Martinez, like he's having a really good year and he's still a good player. 
and he would be something they would need in the middle of the order. But I can't say that he's he's a better fit for this team because he's not. For this team, he's not. And I'm not even talking about leadership. I'm just talking about they needed a guy who could do a lot more things than J.D. could. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Turner does. When was I, I can't remember the last time we had two guys come to the Red Sox, not with so much you know pomp and circumstance, just kind of good signings that have become so beloved by the fan base. Everyone loves Kenley. Everyone loves Turner. It's really nice to see, finally. I mean, I feel like there's been so much negativity around the team to see two positive guys who are playing well in their – in their later years, it's, it's Cody good to Ross, see him. maybe 2013. Oh, yeah, that's Ooh. 2012. Yeah, Cody yeah. Ross. I, li- I, I like Cody Ross, that I, old guy no, for the team. No, but the, the, the obvious he was example, a vibes guy in 2013. I liked him. I love that. No, he that was, not, he was not on though. the 2013 no, 2012, team. 2012, 2011, and 12. I know. I'm talking about David Ross. I made that mistake a while ago. Oh, oh okay. Oh. But, but that's the example Ross, Victorino, Gomes, Dempster. You know, yeah. go down the list. So ten years ago is the answer to my question. Oh, what a nice sunset here in Seattle. Oh man. Just soak it up, Rob. Soak up that West Coast. <laughs> um Okay. All right, I gotta get going, but uh I, I I'm glad I talked to you guys. Thank you for jumping aboard. Always a pleasure. Sorry I have to cut it off, but I gotta get going. No, it's the the, the sun is setting over the Himalayas or wherever we are. So <laughs> Close enough. I mean, you're closer to the Himalayas than we are right now. We just have Mount Washington. It's kind of like Alaska. The sun doesn't. What time is it? It's so. It's. uh, It's funny because you're almost like near. Yeah. Yeah, that's a joke within the Pacific Northwest, (laughs) Southern Alaska. It's Southern Alaska. Uh, All right, guys. Thanks. All right, as they say in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Enjoy the All Star Game, Rob. See you you around. Big Farland. Big Farland.